Welcome to No Clue Podcast. Um, I don't know what episode this is. I think 127. Is that right? Uh, right? Somewhere around there. Uh, First episode of 2021. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. And uh, we're here, man. 2020 was a long one. Rest in peace, Pop Smoke, by the way. Uh, It was a rough year. Very rough year. Very rough year, but we are here. Um, where do you want to start? Uh, let's start with the NBA. All right. What, <laughs> um, what have you noticed so far? We're six games in. Yeah. About like a bubble size, like sample size. Yeah. Um, uh, there's no defense being played. I'll start with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good observation. It's been tough, and it's interesting because I thought it would be a little bit better with the teams kind of having little mini-series against each other. Yeah. Uh, But it really has not been. Do you like that, by the way? I think I do. Okay. I think I do. I think if... mm, I think if the teams maybe later in the year are going to kind of start dominating those, like the top-tier teams. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, I've seen it a little bit with kind of, it's just tough right now. We're so early into the season. Right. And there's, it's kind of weird. There's no fans. It's such a quick start since the the playoffs ended and teams are struggling to find a rhythm. I would, I would say, Mm-hmm. Because you see in a lot of these score, a lot of these teams will play really well, and then you look at the past couple days, a lot of the teams that were hot are taking bad losses. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think I think it's going to take 20 to 30 games before we could really start zoning in on the playoff teams. Yeah, I think so, too. At least 30. Because, I mean... In both conferences, I mean, you have, let's see, one, two, three, four. There's three or four teams in both conferences right now that are in the top eight that didn't make the playoffs at all last season. So, I mean, you know, and it's, I mean, it's six games. It doesn't mean anything, but. Um, you know what else I noticed? I think because the bad teams have had an extra long off season. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them are starting out really well. Okay. Uh, I think New York has looked better than they should. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think Cleveland has looked way better than they should. Cleveland looks great. But, yeah. <laughs> I think Charlotte, even though they haven't really been winning, they look really good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and in the West, honestly, I think OKC looks way better than I thought they ever could. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and, and Memphis, to me, has kind of, again, they they haven't been winning, but they've looked better than I would assume, especially with losing Morant. Yeah, they have a rhythm. They have they have a, a weird rhythm uh, to their it is weird. playing lately. Um, <laughs> what? It's just I don't know. Every time I watch them, Dylan Brooks like takes more and more shots. Yeah. It like with ever since Morant got hurt, like he's been playing really well. <laughs> well, uh, maybe he just needs to, uh maybe he needs but, more touches. I don't know, man. He's he's a tough one to analyze. Yeah. I want to see if they're good this year. Yeah. Because if they're good this year, then I really got to start paying attention to how he's playing. I, I think they're going to have a tough time, but I'm intrigued. Uh, I, I think they do have to. I mean, Morant really has to go crazy sometimes for them to be competitive. And if not crazy, he has to still be spectacular for them to be competitive. Um, yes. Even if it's not like 44 or anything, but, you know, a 30 and 10. I will say I was I really was liking what I was seeing from Morant. I was too. He looks like he heard me because he's been adding so many floaters that I didn't think he was he would take. Yeah, yeah. I think he's one of those guys that will improve his game every year. Just the mentality he plays with, the competitiveness he has. Um, he has a motor, definitely. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does. Okay, so there's what are, what other teams have you been positive about? Uh, I really like how the Pelicans look. I actually love how they look. I do too. Um, I think I think Bledsoe was actually a decent fit for them. He doesn't have to score a lot, but he can be like he <laughs> he doesn't play old, but he definitely looks leadership wise. Like, he looks wiser than everyone on the team, on this team, for some reason. But normally, he would look like he was the youngest on a team, and even if he is the oldest, because yeah. he has that kind of recklessness in his game. But he looks so much more controlled with these players. Uh, I think, You know what else benefits him? Like a pure inside center. Yeah. I think right. he gets a lot of, from a little bit that I've seen, like, him and Adams look like a good fit for everybody out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. And also, having someone like Lonzo where he can give the ball away and then go run the play is nice too. I, because I think oftentimes where he would give it to Greek Freak, there's no more play. Like, Greek Freak's going to score. But Lonzo, he gives the ball to, and like they can reset without Bledsoe having the ball, which just looks better for them as a team in general. They get a lot of good shots um, with him out there. Uh, Ingram, I mean, he just picked up where he left off, earning his money. He looks great. Uh, I, I think their rotation looks pretty good, too. I like how they look. They're they're primed to win games, honestly. Yeah, I think so, too. They look so complete, too. Yeah, I, I really like how they've been built. And plus, Adams, 
Adams is such a good fit for Zion too, because Zion can like actually force shots without so much um, consequence, like he would have had last season. And when I say force, I don't mean that necessarily in a negative connotation. But Zion can go hard at the basket. He can take those mid-range shots that he's unsure about now. I feel like he has more confidence to take some um, risks uh, with his shot selection because he has a really good rebounder down there. Last year, Favors wasn't that. You know, I feel like Zion yes. had to get every rebound when he yeah. was playing last year. Now I think he he is more comfortable because he doesn't have to be the best rebounder on the court. Yes, and I'm glad. I'm so glad they're buying into Ingram as their best player. Yeah, me too. I think it's just it's gonna make them so much better moving forward. Yeah, it is. Um, and obviously we gotta talk about Atlanta. Let's wait. I I, I got a Western Conference team before we go to the East. Okay. Uh, I think Phoenix looks so much better than I thought. Better than you thought? Much better. Okay. I because thought they looked great. I, I didn't think their depth would kind of transition through the offseason. Mm-hmm. Because that's what most impressed me during the bubble. I knew Devin Booker could get buckets. Yeah. And he's been great. He's been efficient. He's been making plays for guys. Yeah. But these, like, they got campaign really sustaining good basketball. Yep. You know, in Chicago, I thought he was washed. Yeah, he was bad in Chicago. Really and he bad. comes here, and the way they play, they they move the ball a lot, but they have, like, clear purpose with everything they do. Yeah. Uh, and they have a nice mix of guys who can take and make shots. Obviously, Booker and CP have been exactly what we thought. And, and Aiton is getting comfortable. Yeah. I think they're another team like New Orleans where the rotation is just kind of falling into place. Yeah. Their rotation looks great. But but with New Orleans, I kind of have an, had an idea that they would they could potentially look like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Phoenix would look deep first five games in. I thought it would be D-Book and Chris Paul kind of forcing to carry the team. Yeah. And that hasn't been the case at all. I had a feeling they would look deep because they really only had additions this offseason. That's a good I mean, point. Yeah, Oubre was the only subtraction, but then they got, I mean, they got so many additions. And they're all additions that don't really, like, there's no negative effects from their additions. Like, each one more doesn't do anything really negative. Uh, Langston Galloway, as long as he you limit his minutes, he does just what he's supposed to do. Right. Kaminsky... Uh, obviously Crowder is almost strictly positive at this point in his career. Uh, so I, I was excited for their depth and it's working out good. Cam Johnson is looking like a really solid, um, small forward now. Who's the other guy I'm missing? The, uh, the thin guy. Bridges. Yes. McCall Bridges looks great. Yeah, he does. Dude. I didn't know he could light it up like that. No, I didn't either. I, I thought that was going to be one of the question marks for him as a player coming into right. the league, but he's he's smooth. Because that's what I was counting on Jay Crowder for kind of helping them with. Yeah. But if he's going to be shooting like that, I mean, they're again, they're primed to win games. 
Yep. Yep. But Atlanta is the biggest Eastern Conference team, I think, to get excited about. Atlanta looks spectacular, man. So good. Um, so I, I talked, we both talked about Trey a lot on here. Uh, we were hoping he would get talent around him, and that is exactly what happened. And not only did it affect the team's winning, Trey looks even better. Like, I, I was I was on the fence of whether Trey would look, uh, whether he would kind of disappear with all the other talent. I thought, okay, you know, I hyped Trey up last season because he was second in the league in scoring and second in assists, but. You know, now he has this talent. He's, I'm like, he's not going to be doing all that. So people will never really understand how great he was. But he's doing like the exact same thing and making it look better. He, man, Atlanta. Where do I start with them? Collins looks great too. Trey Young, Trey Young, like you, you, even though you almost exaggerated at the same time, you didn't do it justice. He looks unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks unstoppable, and it's it's not with, like, Doncic it looked like that last year a lot, and he's off to a slow start, which I think he'll be fine. But with Doncic, it was a lot more of, like, he's just smarter than the defense. Yeah. With Trey, even when the defense is great, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter he's you know he's next in line in that you know free throw legend status because he's so good at drawing fouls yeah but he's so crafty getting to anywhere on the court yeah like to me right now he's better than any other player at just getting to a specific spot yeah and but the other thing about Atlanta like we talk about the western teams where they they kind of seem like the roster falls into place. Atlanta looks like like experienced. Yeah, they do. Where their chemistry, we're coming into a new year. They had, you know, seven, eight months of rest. And they look like their chemistry is top tier right now. Yeah, and they're not even playing with their full roster. Right, but it's a lot of it right now is the the guys who came back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. I know so what you mean, yeah. To me, that's what's crazy is I thought the additions would be huge for them. Mm -hmm. But it's really only been Bogdanovich so far. Right. And it's been a lot of the guys that I th I thought, you know, a couple weeks ago, they should step up because their roles are limited. Mm -hmm. And Kevin Huerta, right on cue, is playing great. Cam Reddish is playing great. DeAndre Hunter playing great. Yep. And that to me, and Trey Young being as unstoppable as he is, six games in, right? I think they're easily the best offensive team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I agree. And I'm gonna make a hot take right now and overcommit. I think they're gonna be in the conference finals. Conference finals. Conference finals. Wow. Okay. I think they're that now. Look, they're gonna be limited in the playoffs with Trey Young being that small. Yeah. But their limitations, with how much energy they play with, their limitations are all fixable. But they'll they'll have playoff Rondo, hopefully. Exactly, exactly. That's where their additions. I think Gallinari is going to be a big factor. 
for playoffs as well. And I think Chris Dunn will be a good a big factor defensively, so Trey just doesn't have to guard the big guards. You got you know Dunn, an athletic six four guard. I mean, even if he doesn't play great, he's just someone that uh, he guards someone that Trey doesn't have to. Yes. Yep. I'm not. I'm not gonna overcommit, but I'm not mad at it at all. Like I'll it, take the hot take right off off rip. Okay. I would love that, and I hope I hope that happens. But I I, I would still be shocked. I'll say that I would still be shocked and impressed. But I have a lot of confidence in Trey. I have been. You know, I said last year. I think he's one of the first guys in a while that has come into the league and off rip has been top three in like the three categories of skill in the league. Yeah. Offensively, I don't want to disrespect Damian Lillard, but dude, Trey Young looks out of control. Out of control. I mean, Dame probably, Dame as a shooter, I would say they're close, but handles and passing Trey is top two in both. I think he's the the best. You think he's the I best? think he's he's like the best mix of Kemba and Kyrie. Yeah. Because he, he brings you the Kemba efficiency because he's quick with all his moves. Yeah. But like he'll he'll disrespect the team when, <laughs> you know, he's feeling it, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I need I need some of that too, which I don't really get too much of that with Kemba. Right. That's true. But Kyrie is, you know, e- extra fill of that. And Kemba could, which is kind of exactly. kind of crazy. Yeah, but I I love Trey gets really good shots off his handles. He gets everybody good shots off his passing. I I just, I don't know anyone who passes as good as Trey, man. It's just crazy. It's, nobody's as noticeable as he's been. Yeah, that's true. Even going back to last year, like, LeBron at short stretches, but not really this first, these first couple games. Yeah, look at the team LeBron had. Trey was second in assists, and this team is nothing with no All Stars on the team, including him. <laughs> All like first three year guys at best. Yeah, and Capella and Vince missed Carter. Half, they didn't even have Capella most of the season. Yeah, and Vince, old as dirt, last season. <laughs> yeah, shout out to him because he was playing well too. He was. Um, so, you know, I, finally, I think Trey will get some notice next year. I hope they get a lot of TV games because he's going to be he's going to be must watch. He already is must watch and we don't even get to watch him. Yes. Um, I, I love the Hawks, I, man. Dude, I they look they it's just in the West. I think I would look at them a little bit differently. Yeah. But in the East, a lot of the teams look very flawed to me. Mm hmm. Uh, and I think Atlanta is getting hot at such like the perfect time, especially with the shorter season, slightly yes. shorter, but shorter, no, um, home court advantage. Yeah. And because it's a little bit more condensed, they're not going to have those like, you know, stretches with barely any games. Yeah. Uh, and I think being how young they are, how just their additions are so perfect for how they play. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely sticking with that hot take the rest of the year. This team, and this is one thing I've noticed in the league, 
this is the best I've seen a team build around a player in a long time. And, and I know it's just it's early, but it was so quick. Like immediately, this is his third year, right? And they're yes. completely building the roster around him. And it looks great. It looks great. They're not adding too much, but they're adding you just know, enough so it highlights him. Yeah, quickest is a good way to put it. it it's just how sudden it's been. Yeah, and, and I'm when I say quickest, it was one off season. Because like last season, yes. I mean, they got Capella, but that wasn't like a, a move. Uh, Houston was just giving Capella away, so they took him. Yeah. Um, but yes. this offseason, they have done all these things to build around trade. It is amazing. Um, in one in one offseason to do that. So, yeah, man. Um, let's talk about a team that doesn't look good. Let's alternate. Oh, give me another a team. Yeah, that looks give really me. Bad. This is where I wanted to go next. Uh, give me the Code Reds. Toronto, me, man. <laughs> I knew you were going to start with that. Toronto looks so bad. <laughs> they, you know what surprises me? They look like a mess. They look terrible. Like, from top to bottom. That's what's shocking to me is, I don't know, man. They look like, for some reason now, Kyle Lowry has to carry the offense. Yeah, because he's the only one that plays with any IQ on the team. It's it just, like. it's just, I don't understand, like, again, small sample size, I'm not completely, I, I wouldn't commit to Code Red as much as you. Yeah. But, like, you paid Ananobi, but not to be your second best player. He looks like it, unfortunately. And, and he has a, he had a great playoff run, so I'm not surprised that he's playing well, but your other two stars are playing like they... Like, I'm questioning why they're starting. If OG has 20 points, I'm I'm giving my team an applause. The coaching staff should give the team an applause, the <laughs> defense, because that's what we want. Right. <laughs> that's exactly what we want on this team. I mean, it... go ahead. Keep going. I'm just shocked. I, I don't I don't have words. Because again, it, I'm I'm convinced they'll turn it around because of just how competitive they get. Yeah. Uh, but they're not getting out the first round playing like this. No way. And this, and where I I do agree with you on the code red is, like these these problems don't look very fixable. No. Because with Kyle Lowry out there, Van Fleet's not really going to get good shots. No. I mean, Kyle Lowry struggles to get good shots. He's just he's just such a vet that it doesn't even matter for him. Right. But, like, Van Fleet, you can't just have him out there shooting 30% being your second best guard. Right. That is not going to work. And, and the other panic mode is, like, I don't even know what's going on with Siakam. <laughs> yeah, me either. I mean, you he's the first guy to get, like, suspended by the team. Yeah, well, yeah, benched, yeah. Because uh, behavior-wise, because, I mean, what else could it be for? Yeah. That, to me, is shocking that Toronto's going to have the guy who has behavioral problems to start the year. Right. Someone who's coming off, like, you know, the last two years have been great for his career. 
Yeah, man. I, I mean, we're going to come back in a couple weeks. Probably, not, I'm, you know, not next episode, probably the episode after that. Yeah. But at this point, I'm more, I'm more trusting their culture than I am liking what I'm actually seeing on the court. Yeah, me too. Me too. I knew you were going to start there. Is it anybody else in the East that she would panic for? Um... I'm pretty close on the heat, but not yet. <laughs> no, no shot. I'm I'm completely We're going to disagree on the heat all year, I think. Again? <laughs> I think they're getting better. Another hot take for you. They're getting better. <laughs> wow. They're they're transitioning to Bam being their clear-cut best player. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which I think being how much of a mismatch and again, I'm putting a lot of faith in Bam. Yeah. But I think that's going to allow them to win games and, like, not play well. I, I'm going to say it again. Jimmy Butler has to take shots for them to win the games. Look, look at this headline. This is from – I don't know who I don't know who posted this, but this is a headline on the score app. Heat's Jimmy Butler goes invisible in loss Friday. Damn, they're brutal. <laughs> Two points, 0 for 6, three rebounds, two assists in 27 minutes. They're never going to win if he does he, that. This is this is Butler's game. But I, t- I gave you the stats last season. They were 6-0 and 0 when he took 19 shots. Not make. Just take shots. He could miss but, 19 but, shots. And they but were... that proves 6-0? and 0? Yes. That happened six times in 82 games is what you're telling me. In the playoffs. Oh, just in the playoffs. Yeah, just in the playoffs. But that's my point is I think Butler's he's never engaged in the season. That's why he's so happy in Miami. Well, cuz Miami doesn't gonna... need him to play well. But uh, he doesn't have to play well, but he has to play, Mike. <laughs> that's all and I'm he saying. Will. I'm not After saying he th- has I'm not saying he has to play well. I I think Bam can be their best player, but they have to have five guys on the court. Jimmy can't just come play. He's not. A, he's not Patrick Beverly. He has okay. to shoot. He's an all star. Your your concern is valid. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, I just I think, think Miami deserves. I, I just don't think Miami is close to panic mode. No, they're not. But I, and I didn't say they were a red alert. I just said you told but me you to said pick, close. You told me to pick someone else in the East. They would be my second. They're my second team I'm most worried about. Um, I got I got a team that I've watched more than any other team, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Uh, and Detroit, my expectations weren't crazy, so they're not – they don't even count to me. Okay. I was about to say, wow, uh, that's where we're they're, they're past. They're, they're – cha- their season's done pretty much. Yeah. They're probably the only team I could commit to saying that for. Yeah. Uh, but the other team that's in panic mode is is DC. <laughs> what were their expectations? To be a, a competent team, to make a playoff run, not a not a run in the playoffs, but to make a run to be in the playoffs. <laughs> their roster is terrible, Mike. No it's shot. Garbage. No shot. They have one and a half all stars on the team, and no one else should even be on a roster in the league other than Stop. Bertans. Stop. 
All right, go ahead. You got it. You got. You haven't. Work. I'm assuming you haven't watched them. I just watched them today. I, no, that, I this was them. your first game. Is my second first. and a half. I turned one game off. This is my second okay. full game. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, I watched in a, in a league in a league that's been defenseless six games in, the Wizards have been the only team that have stood out to me as the worst. <laughs> and I got to I got a chance to see the Knicks for a half. I got a chance to see Detroit for a half. I got a chance to see Orlando, Chicago, uh, OKC, Minnesota, Golden State, and Denver. I'll throw Denver in so far. When we get to the West. Red alert. And Go ahead. we'll get there. And DC but DC has been by far the worst defensive team I've seen. Now uh-huh. today in in Brooklyn is, is looking concerning on that end. Uh-huh. Uh but DC is just there's no like there's no defensive structure. Uh-huh. There's no commitment to stopping people. Uh, and that doesn't just include like I'm okay with KD going off. He's gonna do that. Um, did you know Chicago's rookie Patrick Williams is starting? Uh, yeah, I did know he was starting. Yeah, he worked us <laughs> with hustle plays and just energy. Uh huh. Oh, then we play Chicago the next day or a couple days after. And Otto Porter looks like he deserved the contract that he got. From from you guys? Yes. <laughs> Zach and Zach Levine looks like a top tier shooting guard. He's not even shooting the ball well. Yeah. Not only is Zach Levine this is how bad their defense is. Not only is Zach Levine shooting the ball well, you made Zach Levine look like a good distributor. Yeah, it's Six assists and seven assists. and Have you man. ever seen him be a good distributor? No. I don't, seven assists? I'm surprised it's not a career high. <laughs> right. <laughs> but let me give you another example just to really hammer home this point. Uh-huh. We, you know, we come in back-to-back games against Orlando. Maybe not easy wins, but should be wins. Uh-huh. Our backcourt is better. Our front court overall, I think, is better. Uh, depth is... Uh, toss up I'll give them the depth but uh who who's the one bench player you're coming in you're playing Orlando who's the one bench player you're worried about as far as defense Ross Terrence Ross yeah he goes off both games (laughs) (laughs) let me let me really (laughs) add ice you know a cherry on top not yeah. only does uh, Terrence Ross go off because, you know, who cares about stopping the other team's best bench threat? Yeah. Markel Fultz looked like, looked like an all-star. <laughs> and your two best players are guards. And my two best players are guards. In <laughs> <laughs> <He had> 26? <laughs> 21 and 7? He was eating. Think about that. Did Fournier even play? Yeah, he yeah, played, he, yeah, he ran around, got some buckets here and there. Yeah, okay. But my God, Scott Brooks, you know, I've, I've kind of had been hesitant to agree on a lot of the Scott Brooks slander that you've assigned him in recent memory. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you now. 
He's terrible, man. And we've seen enough. Yeah, they're gonna keep him though because um the Westbrook connection, you know. They, <laughs> they probably the team cannot continue to play this bad, and and Scott Brooks stays. He probably only plays as bad because he thinks he has the freedom, and Westbrook probably plays how he does because you know Scott gives him the freedom. Honestly, man, there's there are so many things I got, dude. You were so right about me getting that DC bias off rip. <laughs> you said you you guys had a playoff roster. <laughs> <laughs> I just Bradley Beal is the only thing that's kind of been as advertised to me. Yeah, he looks great though. Uh and he looks top tier as a shooting guard. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't understand what Scott Brooks is doing. Listen to a trio of guards that Scott Brooks has tried to play in at least four games that I've seen. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I might add. Not not throughout the game. In the same lineup. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, Ish Smith, and Raul Neto. <laughs> Ish Smith and Neto being on the court together is disgusting. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Regardless of who the third is, it doesn't matter. I don't get it. I don't get it. We're missing, you know, we we were missing Hachimura until today. But our, but why are these guards playing at the same time? I didn't even see Danny play today. I, I told they're going to turn on in the second quarter. and I didn't see him out there at all the whole I'm game. Sh- I wouldn't be surprised if Hachimura took a lot of his minutes. I guess he did, yeah. Uh, but he's been shooting the ball well when he was playing. But it's just, I can't look. I promised my close friends that with my schedule being the way it is, I should catch like 80, 90% of Wizards games this year. Yeah. I can't watch Russell Westbrook that much. What Russell Westbrook tried his best to blow this game today against Brooklyn, for those listening later. He, uh, he somehow looks encouraged by what he did in the playoffs. Because I'm seeing more and more of that disgusting play style from him. Yeah. He should not be, like, posting up should not be his first option every time down court. I wish, I mean, I get it, you know, I, I get he is stronger than most guys, and he he can, you know, rock the cradle on a couple of guys, but not every time down court. That's like, he comes down like shot. he's Kobe. Like, the first thing he does is post up at the... You know, mid block. His, his shot quality is so awful. Yeah, it is. I thought I thought I had a prediction where I kind of thought if anybody's gonna take bad shots, it might as well be Russ. Mm-hmm. I was wrong because his bad shots are like pure stupidity, and a lot of his bad shots are when like <laughs> when he's like the only person near the paint. Like, he'll clear Lopez out to the three-point line and yes. then take a bad shot. So, knowing, he makes sure no one on Washington can get the rebound. And the other thing is, what I noticed today, I noticed it the first time I watched him, but today was really bad. Like, he gives Bradley a good six seconds to get open, and if he's not open... <laughs> Forget he, about him. <laughs> yeah, he's not in the play anymore. <laughs> the possession's over. Like, yes, he comes dude. down and Bradley does, like... You know how Bradley likes to start in the corner, and yeah. like he he does that 
corner to wing, corner to wing kind of thing he does with the yes. screens. Yes. If that doesn't work the first or second time, it's over. Westbrook's going to take a shot. It's a whole nother play. Yeah, dude. He, he like, he either can only feed Beal or he, like, doesn't want to feed Beal. Yeah. There's no balance to anything he does. He'll, like, dude, you banked in a shot after missing three. Don't get excited to shoot another shot. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just he takes he no still has no misses. understanding of, of, like, of game rhythm. Yeah. And it blows my mind when you played point guard for a decade at this point. Yep. Like, and it's it's always short bursts you seem to understand how to spread the ball around, how to be a point guard. Yeah. And it's like, it's like I hate when you make shots because you get encouraged to, like, shoot more than anybody else. Yep. It's just, I can't, I can't, why it's so infuriating how he plays. Because, of course, not staying in front of anybody starts with our point guard. Yeah. Russ wants to shoot every time down, but staying in front of Markel Fultz, God forbid. Yeah. Yeah. Panic mode for DC. I'll say it right now. <laughs> They're not in panic mode to me because they've, the last three years have been panic mode. So. <laughs> Scott Brooks' whole tenure has been panic mode, in my opinion. <laughs> um, That's fair. That's fair. Real quick, a stat for Atlanta. Uh, Bogdanovich is actually leading the league in three-pointers made per game off catch and shoot. So that's interesting. It just shows the shows Trey Young's, um, you know, distributing is just top notch. Obviously, for sure. Um, okay, let's go to the West teams. Oh wait, is there any? Is there another positive in the East? Um, not team wise, I would say no. But Jalen Brown has been a positive. Jalen Brown has been an elite. This I think this year will be the year he's all star and Jason isn't. You're just gonna ro- switch being all stars. Um, they've they've carried more that like I was I got excited about them as a duo, which I guess I was kind of right about. Yeah. But they've like been carrying Boston, and I didn't really, I didn't really want them to play like that. Yeah. So it, it's weird to see how they progress. Brad gotta go after this season. Now. I'll say it again. It's over. No shot. It's over. I don't care how good they finish. If they don't win the championship or oh go to the finals, God. he gotta go. It's just stale. It looks they're they play well in spite of how their like the flow of their offense is. Really, they play well, but they don't look good playing well a lot of the time. Definitely not. Like it's it's like Jalen Brown looks spectacular, but. Who are, who else are you putting out there after your starters? I can't really tell. And I don't know. There's plenty of free agents out there that I don't know why they're not picking up. They did the same thing last year, and it got them. You know, you see dude, where it got them. Dude, I this is the one thing I have to agree on, on Brad Stevens. Grant Williams is not an elite defensive player. I know you want to think he is. I know it kind of looks like he does a good job a lot of the time. Yeah. 
but I promise you he's going to get worked in the playoff. KD is going to torch him. Dude, there's no one on the bench that is a good defensive player, except for Teague, to me. I mean, even Ojale goes out there, and he acts like Ojale is like a, you know, combo forward stopper, and he makes like one good play on defense and then gets torched every other play. <laughs> he's like a – they make him look like he's Keith Bogans. Like he can only shoot in the corner. He can only drive when the defense is awful. Yeah. It's – it's in Tristan Thompson and, and Daniel Tice starting together – Listen, man. I said it. Just remember when he when he gets fired. I said it here first. You heard You're it right. here first, listeners. You're right. Um. Okay. I'm gonna go right to the Nuggets in the West now. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm with you. I'm I can't lie. This this roster is terrible, and the thing is, you know, their first six is still good. But then after that, they just go out of control with the who they throw out there. Compo- okay, the Camp Nuggets Basel? to me. Oh man, the Nuggets are in a tough spot. I will say they're missing a lot, man. They're in a tough spot because, uh, like Mur- Murray's got expectations now. He does, and now now it's a lot more noticeable. Now, it's a lot more noticeable when he's not the clear-cut second-best player. Yeah, or best that night right. for the night, yeah. The reason I'm with you is because they have a ton. They have so many concerns off of such subtle subtractions to me. I I don't know if Grant is a subtle subtraction. Grant is not, and, and him playing as well as he has in Detroit is just... This is where the, I think this is where the they made a mistake. They they heard all the Michael Porter Jr. hype. Uh-huh. Then they saw it. Uh-huh. Right? Cuz there's been these stretches where Porter Jr. looks spectacular. Yeah. And they clearly they kind of gave up paying people I think because of Michael Porter Jr. Okay. Interesting theory. And, and maybe that obviously that's not the entire reasoning, but that's the the primary progression from what I'm seeing is Jokic is still doing his thing, Murray's still doing his thing, or trying to. Mm-hmm. The guys that are still there, they're still playing the same way. Yeah. But we need we need Porter Jr. to pick up the missing slack. Mm-hmm. But it's not Grant and and Plumlee specifically, and Tory Craig to a lesser extent. It's like all the physicality is gone with those three. Mm-hmm. Because Millsap, Millsap is like fluke physical. Yeah. Millsap is like I want to mess around with the refs all day physical. Yeah. They needed that like I'm gonna come out here. I'm gonna body whoever I'm guarding. My drives, even if you stop me, I'm going to hurt somebody because they're so physical. Uh, and I'm going to block shots. I'm going to fly around. I'm going to make plays. Uh-huh. There seems to be an absence of that energy. And 
I, I agree, but I won't call it physicality. It's just athleticism to me. And the thing is, I think Barton is like a fluke, fluke athletic because I think he's really just aggressive. So, you know, when he dunks, he tries to dunk really hard. But he doesn't like, he's not that explosive as a dunker. You know what I mean? Like, he just he just dunks. He's a good dunker. But he's not like Gerald Green or anything. Like, he's exploding off the ground. There's nothing you can do to stop him from dunking. He's not that kind of athlete. But, yeah, and but Grant like was that, that kind of athlete. Plumlee was that kind of athlete. You're right. You're right. And, and Torrey Craig was someone who would run around and guard any position. And he was the reason why he was like that was because he was probably the most, you know, like uh, balance wise athletic player on the team as far as speed and strength. And they have nothing like that now. I mean, Compazzo. Yeah, that's a L. No shot. No shot. You let you get away with that in the playoffs. Hardenstein's vertical. I mean, what's his vertical? Is it's garbage. It, these guys come in and they don't play any athleticism. They don't play with any athleticism off the bench. And the thing is, their starters are still a good starting five, but they're all very skilled players. You know, I think Porter Jr. is a very skilled player. All of these guys, it's all skill. And then you bring in the bench, and it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're good at anymore. I off just, the bench. I, I think, like, I think Plumley gave you, like, um, it's it's weird to describe, but those energetic plays that kind of get the team going. Yeah. That all they got for that right now is Monty Morris. I, and it's jump shots. And that's I mean, and the thing is to me, when you have a bench, you want the bench to come in and do something that the starters do anything that the starters can't do. Now, they have no one on the bench that can do anything that the starters can't do. Like, they just bring in guys who are just not as good as the starters, but play just like the starters. And that's not, that doesn't help you. It doesn't help you at all. And the thing is, Dozier now, they, like, are trying to make him be this, like, uh, Swiss Army knife on the court. Like, he plays every position. And he doesn't. Like a more offensive Tory Craig. Yeah, and... They got him playing not. the three sometimes. You know, he, he, I've seen him, like, do the baseline cutting and stuff. It just doesn't look, it looks crazy. You know, there's there's a lot of times when players, and this kind of more speaks to Mike Malone, I think, uh-huh. because Dozier's kind of just hit, I don't know what they're putting him out there for. Like, they want Michael Porter to be involved, yet they let Will Barton play like he's Lou Williams. I don't understand why do that. I was going to make a point, too, about Porter. It's like they haven't... I do think that they committed to him in spirit, but I don't see it on the court. I, I agree. When he misses a couple shots, there's still a, a disconnect. Yeah, and I don't see them fully... They're not giving him 15 shots a game. You know, it's like, okay, all right, you got your you got your eight in. Like, now you just get whatever shot you get. Like, we're not giving you – we're not making sure you get your shots off anymore. Like, that's what I see a lot of times when 
someone does completely commit to somebody, but I don't, I don't see it here. It doesn't look good to me. Not one bit. I just, I don't, my other big problem with them is, like, again, I was saying, a lot of, a lot of guys play bad, and, you know, I'd call them out for playing bad, but Gary Harris is being done so dirty as far as how they play. I agree. Like, think of all the shooting guards that are, like, you know, shooters as far as their fit in the offense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be specialists. They all get, like, you know, Danny Green would get five, six decent-looking threes. Yeah. You look at all the role players around the league get maybe five to six decent shots a night. Uh-huh. Why can't Gary Harris get that? He just gets whatever he gets. Why does why does it take six minutes for him to touch the ball to try to make a shot? <laughs> and yeah. then if he fucks up, which you know I would if I didn't touch the ball for six minutes. Yeah. Uh, then he never touches the ball again. Yep. And it's like he he only gets sh- shots that when the offense is too lazy to execute shit, and or like last second shot clock shots. Yeah. And again, like he's he's not a trash can, but they play him like he is. Yeah, they do. They, they do. play him like he's a Boston Avery Bradley, and it makes no sense. They play him like he's limited. Yes. Why? I don't know. I just I don't get Will Barton can shoot anything, but Gary Harris can't get more than like one floater a quarter. Right. It's just it's weird. And Mike Malone Again, like these roster adjustments, this is where coaching comes into play. Yeah. And and I also do think they're kind of buying into the hype that like they're really good. No, that that Jokic like can actually play point guard. <laughs> oh yeah. No, like he's a really really good passer, but for a center, like that no one ever says Jokic is the best passer in the league. They say Jokic is the best passing big man. He's the best passer as a center. It's not that he's just an elite passer. He's third in the league in turnovers. It's like, he's not like, uh, he acts like, oh, we got Jokic out there. No one else needs to be able to handle the ball. Or yes. no one else needs to be able to distribute the ball at all. Yes. And, and it, it's 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 very predictable. And that's one reason why Gary Harris doesn't get shots. Jokic, you know, I... I think Jokic is kind of selective with who he passes it to. Over, he's one of those guys who's like, <laughs> and this is this is kind of a flagrant accusation, but <laughs> you know the guys at the wreck or at you know the Y who <laughs> they probably pick teams and you're not playing like they thought you would play and you could be wide open and they just yeah, completely yeah, yeah. look you off. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> Jokic definitely does that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can see it, bro. He's got no chemistry with Porter Jr. Porter Jr. and Harris, if if y'all ain't hot, you're not y'all getting the ball. Y'all ain't touching the ball. <laughs> yeah, Jokic will look at you, he'll look, and he'll fake it. He, he does those yeah, fakes but... to those guys a lot. Like, oh, he... <laughs> and then they go get covered, and like, okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Now I don't have to pass it to him. But that's the thing. Grant and Torrey Craig could play off that because they cut. Yeah, they don't need to shoot. They're right. They're not shoot- like I said. They came in and they don't have to shoot. 
Just give me alley-oops. Give me putbacks. But they bring guys in who also have to shoot. And then another guy who also has to shoot. Or another guy who also has to handle the ball. But Jokic is handling the ball. So it gets kind of... Their offense gets convoluted because there's no definite roles for the bench guys. Like I said, I don't know what position Dozier plays anymore. I thought he was a point guard when he got drafted. Yeah. Or, I mean, when they picked him <laughs> up. I thought they put him out there for that, but that, he hasn't been playing that. No, Morris is like a a shooting guard now at 6'1". <laughs> it's, just, it's just weird, man. And then I don't... Hartenstein comes in and he's supposed to be like the. They act like he's an elite backup center for some reason. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's just one team's throwaway player. I mean, no disrespect to him as. Not saying he's trash, but Houston didn't really appreciate him when he was there. Yeah. So, yeah, they're. We got time for one more team in the West. Who do you think? Golden State, man. <laughs> they don't look good, man. Not at all. They they look worse. You know, a lot of teams I mentioned look better than I thought they would. Yeah. They look so much worse than I thought. Me too. Like, it, it's kind of similar to, to uh, Toronto where it's like, I trust your structure. I trust kind of how you play. Yeah. You shouldn't be getting annihilated, no matter even if the roster is you know limited to some extent. Yeah. Your your play style shouldn't look awful, because you don't have a you know a crazy amount of talent. Right. And I just, as far as coaching, I think Golden State has been the worst to me. Mm. Okay. Like Scott Brooks, you know, it's a lot of the same problems they've been having. Yeah. Kerr, Kerr looks like he just came out the playoffs. Yeah. It's, it's mad confused. Like, are we, we're going to trust Wiggins even though he's playing like shit. We, we're going to use Steph Curry like he's J.J. Redick. <laughs> uh, Kelly Oubre is playing like absolute trash, but we're not going to help him out with that at all. He is playing like absolute trash. Uh, oh, Draymond Green comes back. Oh, we're, our defense is going to actually get worse. Yeah. And anything Wiseman does well, we're just going to automatically encourage him to do more of it. Mm-hmm. As soon as, as soon as he started making some perimeter shots, he takes like multiple threes every game now. Yeah. Uh, as soon as he got a couple blocks, he wants to strap everybody's foul, foul trouble. Yeah. Like there's no discipline, which is shocking to me. Yeah. You know, this is, where I think uh, I think their problems lie they have no other consistent player on the team I think Steph although he's playing good right now today while we're on air but I think Steph I won't say he requires it because Steph could still get I mean no one's like really stopping him but the team plays better when Steph has another consistent player on the court with him because it just opens him up, makes it easier. It's a consistent threat. Like now, when I see them play, I see the other guys get shots. I see um, Wiggins and Ubre get shots. But it's like they blow the first three shots, and then the defense says, "Oh, we're not going back out there." Like I just saw Ubre miss that corner three three times. We're doubling Steph. 
And then Ste- the rest of the game, Steph is in trouble and has to take these, you know, super tough shots and all these one-on-one shots, which he can do, but it doesn't really help the team win because these guys play with no consistency throughout the game. Wiggins plays down low like he's Hakeem Olajuwon or something. Yes. And he keeps it, missing these turnaround dream shake shots. And then the, the team's like, okay, well, we don't even need a big guy down there on him. Just make sure he can't kick it back out to Steph. Like, them playing so bad. And I'm not saying, I, trust me, I'm not saying they're bad because I, I don't know why they're playing this bad. But how they're playing where these guys aren't doing anything well just completely changes the defense. I've seen it throughout the game. They start out getting good shots. Everyone gets good shots in the first quarter. But they don't capitalize. They don't. Then towards and they the, look like they can't survive because of that. Towards the third and fourth quarter, then these guys are getting wide open shots, and Steph is the only one getting strapped. <laughs> and they're just giving Damian Lee jumpers. Yeah. And, and I think I've watched the Golden State probably more, uh, probably the third most behind D.C. and the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, but they, the reason I blame Kerr is because, again, it's everything that looks wrong. Yeah. Like you mentioned, Steph can get, like, he's okay with, you know, being kind of the focal point and taking a lot more tougher shots. Yeah. But why are we not using him for seven minutes a, in a quarter? Mm-hmm. Like, like it should be, it should be, we force feed Steph. Once Steph demands the attention, now we try to play through some of our other guys. Yeah. And to me, it's been, we're going to play through everybody regardless of how we're playing. Right. And then hopefully Steph will get more open. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, we can't get good shots for like, Five minutes. All right, Steph, you got to run around for the whole 23 seconds to get a shot on this one. And the other thing is, it looks like he tries to let everyone play to their like most comfort at the same time. And it doesn't always work that way. Like, Ubre can't be in the corner. Steph be on the wing. Wiggins be on the block. Wiseman be on the other block. And Draymond be at the top of the key every play down court. Like, I know that's where all of them like to be, but they can't all... There's only one basketball at a time. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, and they do try to, like, force everyone to be in their sweet spot at the same time, and it doesn't work. Because someone's work. in the way. You don't have the same... Thr- Kerr is... I'm telling you, Kerr is playing like he's still got a stacked roster. Yeah. Again, it's mind-blowing to me. You should know you have limitations. You should... Wiggins... Like, when, when I come into a season with Wiggins and Oubre as my wing guards, yeah, they're not spot-up specialists. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's like they, we either force-feed Wiggins or they're both spot-up specialists. Right. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why every time I watch, I keep telling you the same thing. I'm like, dude, you have you have a top five at worst point guard out there. Yeah. Why are we playing through Andrew Wiggins? Right. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I agree. And Ubre can never get man. any plays from the corner, like to actually get to the basket. Like he has to, and I think it's because they have 
both those guys on the block, Wiseman and Wiggins, and um, Ubre like has nowhere to go. He just looks, he looks like he's he is being forced to take certain shots, but by his own team. And yeah, know. I I agree, and it, I mean it's just one of the things I loved about Kerr was when they were stacked, their bench trash cans made the bench still look really good. Yeah. Now, when your team, again, you have a not as good of a roster, now I need my bench to help out the team. Mm-hmm. What is, in, name any of their bench guys and tell me what their role is. Oh, I have no idea. None. It makes Pascal, Pascal is sometimes the number one scoring option. Sometimes he's out there to get cooked. Wanamaker is not a good fit for them at all. <laughs> yeah, Wanamaker's out there. He's trying to, like, direct everything, but nothing is going on. <laughs> so now Wanamaker has to, like, force draw fouls. Like, he's, like, he's like one of the most veteran guards in the league. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it just looks really bad. Marquis Chris was my favorite bench player for them, and he's out for the season. Yeah, man, it, it's... The guards they put out there, like, they swear every guard that comes off the bench is a defensive specialist. <laughs> Even when he's not. Yeah. Uh, Michael Mulder, they're forcing him to be good. They're like, dude, we got you. You're going to have to figure it out. Yeah. They're in a, they're, they look bad, man. I will. Wiseman's been there, like, big positive to me. Yeah. Uh, But... It, we got to talk about rookies in the next episode, but I just think there's so many question marks with just their overall structure mm-hmm. uh, that it's very concerning moving forward. Yeah, it is. It is. Yep. Okay. Uh, you got anything else there with these guys in the league? Hey, man, John Wall and Christian Wood look good. Yeah, Christian Wood is second in the league in blocks so far, and he's—I mean—he's killing it. Wall looks great. Who does great. he remind you? Who does he remind you of? Wood. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. You got somebody? He reminds me of like a, like a early Toronto Chris Bosh. Okay. But with more length. Yeah, yeah I can see that. He's, I think he's a little more comfortable outside, but, you know, Bosh got that, obviously, later. He's got that, like, when he dribbles, it doesn't look like he's comfortable. Yeah. But, like, he's he's doing something specific with it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I, I would, like, I didn't get a chance to see him a lot in Detroit. I knew he was playing really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looked, every time him and Harden, like, are touching, passing the ball to each other, it looks great. I know Harden. And Harden has just got no chemistry with the organization at this point. And which is crazy because this team, this might be the best team he's had. It should be the most fun team he's had, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, even Cousins. I mean, Cousins isn't playing full minutes yet, but he looks good. Uh, he's running the floor nicely, hitting threes, blocking shots. Wall. I mean, you know what I love, Wall. Wall, like, took a slight step back when Harden played. Yeah. 
but it was like in it was like the right amount of step back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and it look he looked like an experienced point guard who knew how to play through other, somebody else. You know, I hope he won't because he's not D Rose. But I could see while having that D Rose moment of him getting forty, you know, forty ten and ten one night. I mean, and I think Harden will have to be gone, but I could see Wall going crazy one night and it just being emotional for him because he, he he's playing great so far, and you can see he's playing with all his soul when he plays now. I can see it. I think Wall's gonna have a twenty assist game this year. Oh, I do too. One of those games, Wood and Cousins are feeling it. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. it should They'll be get easy. PJ Tucker team. to hit some shots. Actually, he still has all the shooters, still has PJ, still has Eric Gordon, he still has House. Uh, I mean, for now, I do think someone's going to have to be in the Harden trade if it happens. Did Crazy? you see uh huh? did you see Brooklyn apparently cooled off on Harden because of D'Antoni? Uh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, when I saw that, I said the same thing. I was like, I can see it. Yeah. I can see that for sure. It pissed me off when he came out and dropped it just worked the blazer. <laughs> yeah. After putting them on he his really, list. He really came out the damn strip club and gave the or the the blazers 45 and like 17. Yeah. The day after he put them on his list that he would go to. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is crazy. Like, wow, that was some tryout. I hate, I, I like, it. dude, I like how he plays when he's motivated. Well. That's what pisses me off. He never looks motivated to me. Yeah, too bad that only happens like four games a season. <laughs> yeah, it look you gotta like offend him to really get him going. Yeah, like when Greek Freak was calling him out. <laughs> yeah, I like that though. I like that a lot. Oh, real quick, do you have any um, Bucks takes, or you want to save that for next time? Nah, we could talk about them another time. All right. I think I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit more concerned. I know a lot of people are excited from their additions. Mm-hmm. It's just, we'll talk about them another time. Okay. Um, all right. We'll break it up with a gym and we're going to uh, come back with some music. Uh, this is Kalani Open.
Um, we're going to recap our five favorite albums of 2020. This is great music year. Um, lots, lots of good albums. And what was nice is that we didn't get the main, you know, superstars releasing albums. We got, we got like the second tier, third tier artists get a chance to really come into their own, you know? Yeah. Which I, I I thought that was I liked that. I wish we had more years like that. Yeah, it it was like uh music is like it seems like it's opening up to more different sounds. Mm-hmm. Which I think is only a good thing. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I I think this year might be a little different because we're expecting we're expecting I'm trying to think, um Drake Rihanna, Kendrick. I think Chris is probably about time for another. Cause he, yeah, Drake is coming soon, right? Yeah, two weeks, I think. Yeah, Beyonce's probably due for one. Uh, so this might be a crazy year for the top tier. So uh, I'm glad we got 2020 in. Uh, so you want to start? How do you want to do it? You want to go in order or just five to one? We could go. Uh... We can go one after the other, spot for spot. Okay. Where do you want to start? Uh, I do have, I do have an honorable mention. I thought the Weekends album was really good. Okay. Yeah, was really really. Uh, good. I I wanted to put it in my list. It didn't quite make it, but I I really liked it. Yeah. Okay. I'll save mine for the end. Just in case All right. At f- I'll give my five first. All right. Russ, shake the snow globe. Mm, good pick, good pick. Uh, this is this album, man. This was just. It was like an artist getting like perfectly comfortable with what he sounds like. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and it just looked to me this was the first time where I heard a full project from him, and he surprised me song to song. Yeah. Uh, and it was just it felt. Every time I went back to it, it felt kind of like I heard something different that I liked. Uh, it was so consistent, start to finish. The length was perfect. He gave you great deluxe tracks. I mean, this album was just is his best work by far to me. I agree with that for sure. Uh, and it got me hyped to see where where his music goes because he gave like a a pretty good little follow up later in the year. 
mm-hmm. uh, as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, mine is one we didn't talk about here. A couple of minor ones we didn't talk about on here, but it's just because, you know, they're not just like we just mentioned. They weren't the superstars that we normally um, would talk about. But uh, my first one is Bear With Me by Justine Skye. And it's a very short project. It's R&B. Justine's- I heard that, by the way. Good pick. Oh, man. It was, it was just so, so smooth. And it was just a very, like, I had no expectations going into it because, I mean, I kind of knew Justine Sky from, like, her writing. I heard she writes for a lot of people. I heard a single here and there. When I listened to this, man, I mean, every song was just a different level of like sensitivity mixed with um you know kind of like we talked about queen Nyjah's album being very real realistic yes. in her lyrics i felt the same way on on this project and it's, it's called bear with me um i had it on replay for a long time after i listened to it and it ended up being one of my favorites see so yeah, that's my five yeah, man, I snuck that in at the end of the year. It, I, I was surprised that, like, out of all the good female music we got this year, hers still stood out significantly. Yeah, and it didn't get a lot of, I mean, it really didn't get any press. She had no. a couple songs in there that should have been on the radio. But, you know, it was just, I guess she just didn't have the backing. But that project, man, is beautiful. Beautiful project. Yeah. All right. Uh, at four, I got Joji. Good pick. Nectar. Good pick. Uh, it's just it's just such an easy, fun listen. He's a guy who's just uh, getting better and better. He's getting more creative. It seems like every project. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the versatility's crazy, and he like he like doesn't really explore his versatility all the way. Yeah. He, there's uh, and still it makes some uh, left to be desired for sure. Yeah, and it's but it's like a when you go back to his music, it's you kind of savor these the subtle bursts of it that you do get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's a guy who's just again, I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, he's promising. Yep, that's he's what, a guy I hope works mentions. with more people too. Say it again. He's a guy I hope works with more people, too. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, because he has versatility that right. he's not even tapping into yet. yet. I'm sure. With I the think right he person will. He would, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, my four is uh, Amanda Tate by They. And, again, we didn't talk about them much, but, uh, and, you know, their fellow... DC years, by the way, uh, to you, but, um, man, they have this way of bringing, uh, acoustic guitar and, and electric guitar, but mostly acoustic guitar into like hip hop into R and B with his voice. And, um, I can't even like really they found like a really unique pocket where I really can't compare them to anybody. They to anybody, but, uh, they're a nice R and B hip hop fusion. I think a lot of people who, you know, probably like the old Cuddy will probably like them. 
uh, because they have, like I said, a lot of acoustic guitar, a lot of that uh, hipstery vibe to them in their music. But um, they're smooth, man. I've been a fan of theirs for a long time, and I, this was a very uh, anticipated album for them. It's short, again, but you know, good features. It's solid. I I really enjoyed it. I I still, like I said, I play it every day. All these I play every day, pretty much. But yeah, solid project. Yeah, man, I gotta catch up to that one. I I, I fell behind a little bit. Yeah, you gotta uh, support support the DC family, man. You're right. You're right. All right. Now, I'm I'm gonna play one of theirs as my gem too. By the way, later. Okay. Later. Uh, man, three and two were, were really tough for me. I had a pretty good idea what my favorite was. Mm-hmm. At at three, I had to go uh, Dua Lipa, Future Nostalgia. Good pick. It's mine too. So we can uh, save time. This there. one, okay. This one was just. I mean, I hadn't had fun with pop music. I I said it when we talked about it, but. Pop music was becoming just so generic, such a like weak genre almost. Yeah. Uh, and this just brought it back in such a big way. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's like a it's a great like it feels like a one big hit of an album to me. Mm-hmm. Where she doesn't really, she doesn't really get away from you know her her sound, but she just mixes it up so well. Yeah. And it's for, for a pop album to to be that consistent, to be that kind of unique as well, which is something I never thought I'd get in another pop album. Absolutely. Uh, and I loved it, man. I mean, this is one of those albums that sounds like a greatest hits when you listen to it. It's just like this. Yes. Everything on there it has power. It has. Um, it, it's personal, you know. I, not personal, but like you said, it's just different. Like she doesn't sound like anybody. I can't really compare her to anybody. She sounds great. Yeah. And with pop, that's probably that's as good of a compliment as you can give to a pop artist that they don't sound like yeah. anybody. Because everyone yeah, else I mean, sounds like somebody else. Right. To be refreshing in that genre to me is like is probably the most difficult as as I I could imagine. Yeah. Yep. And she got it. She has it. She's she's a beast. She's a different beast in the pop genre. And uh, I think she's going to be here for a really long time. And I like that this album was so good that she almost instantly emerged as a top-tier artist. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think back to any other, like, one album skyrockets in popular. Maybe Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... This, as soon as this album came out, she became like a known artist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was well deserved for this project. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, go ahead, your second, because that was my third too. Uh, I'm assuming since you haven't said it yet, it's gonna be in your next two spots. But funeral. <sighs> yes. I'll just yeah, it, it is. So we got it's that. Your second. Same, yeah. Okay. Funeral was. What else is there to say about it? I mean, I, I've shouted it out like every other episode since it dropped. It is great, man, and you know, I, sometimes I feel like it's. I don't want to say. I don't want to say sympathy, 
but it feels like it's that like you remember the last year they voted Irison as the All Star starter. Yes. <laughs> it felt like that to me, and not that Lil Wayne is old, but you could. It felt like we were seeing his drop. That's what I'm saying. And I, I know I bashed Carter Five a lot, but it was clearly a drop. It wasn't. I'll say it wasn't trash for the just for this conversation, but it was clearly a drop. And we saw Lil Wayne being less active. You know, his features aren't as fire as they used to be. Didn't seem like they were. And then for him to come out with this, that was just complete fire. It just, it felt really good to hear. It was just, it was refreshing. Because I'm like, yo, the the minute I thought Lil Wayne was going to be, like, surpassed as far as his greatness, he, he just showed us, like, I'm still that dude. And, and the lyrics, the wordplay, it's still Wayne. Like, it's... It, it was so good, man. He doesn't look... He doesn't sound like he lost a step at all. And the thing is, he's... He is an aged rapper in this generation, and you see where the other aged rappers are. Like, in in his class, like, Jeezy, his album wasn't, wasn't very good. Um, you know, Fabulous he's, is falling know, off. Huh? He's honestly... Like, LeBron is a good comparison for him. Yeah. Because... With that longevity, not just because you've been around, you've been dominant for so long, but you've made the subtle adjustments to, like, dominate in a different time. Yeah. And that, to me, Wayne, like, like asserted that with this album. Yep. I'm like, damn, like, I, I forgot how easy it could be for him. Exactly. That That's a great, great way to put it. Great quote. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I, and the thing is, it's, it's still underappreciated. This album is still underappreciated. It is hundred percent. It's been a year, and I haven't heard anyone hype it up or talk about how great it is. And it was great. It was absolutely great. Yeah. All right. What's your number one? My number one was Kilani. Wow, your favorite album of the year. Favorite album of the year. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I just, uh, I never really stopped going back to it after it came out. Yeah, okay. I thought it was, I mean, I thought by far the best she sounded, obviously. Yeah. Uh, She just, she kind of emerged as having a sound I didn't know she could get to. Mm Mm-hmm. Where I never really connected with anything she said. Yeah, you were kind of a Kalani hater at one point. Right. Yeah. Her anything else I'd heard from her was kind of ba- it felt basic to me. Yeah. Uh and but this was just a, a huge shocker for me and I there's really no flaws on it. Mhm. Uh she has a crazy amount of versatility from song to song. The features are incredible. And and this one to me again we had so much good female music this year and None of them really stood out as much as this did for me. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. And there's a number of these tracks have been some of my favorites of the year. Uh, I go back, I go back to it sometimes in full length. Sometimes I just go back to certain songs, but it's I'm I've had a great time listening to it all year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> Mine's gonna sound crazy, but uh, and I, when was that that Troy Sivan's album came out? That was nineteen. Twenty eighteen, maybe. Eighteen, okay. Wait uh, a minute. So when I first heard that, and no, no, Troy Sivan's not my number one. When I first heard that, I felt like I was listening to greatness. I really did, and I, you know, I came on the podcast. I told you about it. You know, I hyped, I hyped it up a lot, but you know, in the end, even to my friends, I hyped it up to, you know, it lived up to the hype. It was great. It was a great project, and I gotta say, I haven't really felt that way personally in a while. Like, I can hear something and say, "Yo, this is a great album for other people," but I haven't had one for myself. Where I was like, man, this is one of the best albums I've heard. Yeah, and I'm- it's been since then and Redemption for J-Rock. That was the two recent ones that I can remember. Yeah, so, it, you know, I, I'm i not sure if I have... Yeah, I don't have many. But this year, there's an album that came out. I, I, talk, I talked to you about it off-air a little bit, but I didn't hype it up as much as I did Troy. But, man... High Tide by Levin Cali is the album. R&B project. Levin Cali has wrote for Drake. He's wrote for Snow Allegra. Um, and this is, I think this is his second project. And I was really anticipating his first project. And I thought it was trash, honestly. And when this project came out, I was kind of like, oh man, like he's going to give me what he gave me last time. It's not going to be good. Um, is going to be, you know, cookie cutter or he's going to be too experimental. But when I listened to this album, man, High Tide, it, it was amazing. Everything on here had me questioning what I thought about, like, the male R&B artists right now. Um, and this was a low year for male R&B. I think. I mean, yeah, you know, like, Miguel took this year off. Um Chris took this year. I mean, he, he and um, Young Doug had that album, but Chris took this year off solo wise. Uh, who else? Who else are the good male R and B artists? Yeah, Khalid was last year, right? The year or the year before twenty nineteen. Yeah, Khalid was twenty nineteen, so he took this year off. So you know, it was a slow year for male R and B, and um, Levin Cali stood out, man. It was a really, really, really good project. It's my favorite project of the year. I listened to it a lot. You know, I got, I even got my mom listening to it, um, and she loves it. And it's just one of those albums that just feels timeless. First time I heard it, and it's just okay. Some I go back to all the time. So yeah, that's it. That's my that's my number one, my favorite album of the year. Yeah, man, it's been a it's been a good music year. Really good, man. Really, really, really good. There's so many like exciting new artists, like you said. Yeah. I mean, there's so many other artists. Obviously, Jack Harlow was a great surprise. Yeah. Uh, this has been a ton of artists this year coming out and just putting together good. I don't know if it's the the forced isolation or or what, but it felt like a lot of artists were trying to like get more creative. Yeah. A lot of the projects yeah. I heard felt a lot more focused too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt it. Um, yeah, man. And the thing is, even the ones 
we we got some collaborations this year we didn't think we'd get future little uzi we got this uh the spillage village with you know yeah, all yeah. those guys um you know chris and young doug i thought that was surprising uh I'm trying to think was there anything else we got some we just got some weird stuff this year cool stuff but weird stuff yeah a lot of extra tracks for already good albums too yeah yep yep good year man we got bryson back finally you know big sean came out but we know how that went <laughs> he wasn't like eh, i got nothing to say never mind <laughs> what what I was going to say, he wasn't like the big letdown when I think of kind of anything that let me down as far as music did. But in hindsight, he kind of was. He was the biggest letdown for you of the year? I think as far as like artists that I was most excited for, yeah. Yeah, okay. Because, you know, I, Big Sean was in my top tier as far as rappers go. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, a lot of people like that album. I know it's it's the reverse of like funeral. <laughs> yeah, it funeral should definitely be getting its praise, one hundred percent. All right, uh, you got any other music you want to talk about right now? Uh, anybody you're excited for? Who's somebody that like got you further excited about them as an artist this year? Hmm. Got me further excited about them as an artist this year. Who who's yours, Kalani? That's too easy because it was my favorite album. Uh, I gotta say, Jack Harlow, man. Mm, okay. Maybe a little bit of recency bias. Jack Harlow uh, or Low Baby. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, I I might say, I might say Trippy Red, honestly. Um, the potential I saw in some of this. Well, I heard in some of the songs, I could see what he could do. And when you asked me, I told you, I don't think he will do, he will take it there. But I saw what he could do. And I'm excited to see him try. Because I, I think he could have an album of him just singing the hooks on and not doing any verses on the whole album. And I think it would be successful. I think he's just one of those yeah. guys. I think he has a nice... Um, if he chose to be the seasoning artist, like we say Travis and we say Ty Dolla Sign is, I I think he could really be successful as an artist. You know, he's at a point for me where, like, similar to when Travis Scott is a feature, I expect the song to be good. Mm -hmm. And there's certain artists that when they're a feature, you expect a song. I I expected that for a long time with Young Thug. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's other artists. I think Trippy Red is in that category now. Mm, okay, that's fair. Um. Oh, and one of my uh, honorable mentions was Made in Lagos by Wizkid, and he's another one. Um, you know, I was I was excited for this project, but he brought another element to his music than he did from the music I'd heard before his previous project, and it got me excited for him in the future too because he's someone too um his other projects he had chris brown drake ty dollar sign on it um and this one he kind of went 
you know, a different route with Burner Boy, Skepta, Damian Marley, her, Ella May. Uh, his collaboration skills, I, I definitely am looking forward to in the future. I, I, I could see him working with, you know, a bigger artist or on a bigger record. Uh, well, he, bigger than, um, he was on One Dance, right? Yeah. Yeah, but not really. He just used, like, him saying one thing. I could see him yeah. on an actual record with Drake like that. Um, I could see it. Yeah, I'm with you. Yep. I want, if we if we did ten, Made in Lagos would have made my list. Oh yeah, yeah. I gotcha. All right. Um, I think that's all I got for music. Um. Yeah, man. I'm I'm looking forward to a bunch of a bunch of stuff because the the kind of the situation's still the same. You know, we haven't really got out of the the reason, the biggest reason why the year was bad. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, more artists uh, give us give us more stuff. Yep. Yep, it's coming. Yeah, I think it's definitely coming. Um, oh, do you want to talk about? You heard what Charlamagne said about Drake. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I want to talk about that before we switch gears. Well, no pun intended. I mean... Since he said he doesn't think Drake has another gear. I get what he's saying, but... It's 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 to a point with Drake where it's, it's... Again, I go back to LeBron. Like, LeBron's been so great for so long. Like, I don't expect LeBron to look old next year. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's... I'm not going to ever expect LeBron to look old if it hadn't happened the year prior. Yeah. And to me, Drake, you know, has he given me perfection every time? No. But he's given me greatness every time. Yeah. And until he doesn't give me greatness, why would I have any reason to doubt him? Right. Right. So I thought that was kind of stupid to... Like, I see what he's saying. I mean, you, you can make a case for that. Mm-hmm. But just how Drake has been in the industry, you really can't. Yeah, and the thing is, he's one of those guys, and I guess like you said with LeBron, LeBron can be an MVP candidate any year he actually wants to. Like, if exactly. you said, you know, forget the wins. I don't really care how my teammates feel. I'm going to be MVP this year. He could do it. It would be exactly. nothing. And and Drake is the same way. I think Drake, if Drake wanted to say, you know, I'm, I'm not really interested in, like, experimenting. I'm not really interested in, like, I don't have anything personal I want to say on this album. I'm just going to make some hits. I'm going to make the, you know, a greatest hits, an album worth of hits. And he, Drake can do that. He can make a hit whenever he wants to. I think he can. He's shown that he could. I haven't seen Drake try to make a song that and like try to force it as a hit and it not work not yet so he made yeah. stuff that I thought some songs I thought were trash into hits exactly like I <laughs> the one um oh what was that one child's play I thought child's play was gonna get killed and it did for like a week and then everyone started quoting it for like the rest of the <laughs> <Yeah>. ever since. 
I was like, that's what everybody was everybody was trolling him for for trying to steal like somebody's culture or whatever yeah and then a week later every song was being played everywhere yeah practically yeah yeah so once you think drake can't do it once you think drake is canceled because of the music someone's gonna pick it up and it's gonna be fire yeah drake drake sets the standard like every time he's he's he wants to practically yeah i i have a wild prediction um and it's probably far-sighted and i have no i have no um like information or no uh like indication that this is going to happen but i think drake and doja cat are going to make one of the best songs like charting wise of the year this year uh, it's just a, it's a wild take, but I think it's gonna be Drake and Doja okay. Cat. I mean, I I I could see it, but it's blurry. I'll say that. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I think they're gonna come up with something big. I'll say that. Um, I'm not Doja Cat is like somebody. I'm not really excited for her to see what she does, but I am curious. Man, that that last album she had was really really good. And uh, people only talk about the, um, the, what's the say so the TikTok song. Yeah, yeah. And I mean that song was good, but that album, that was a really good album. I encourage anyone who hasn't heard it to definitely go check that out because it's a lot more than say so on there. I think I played one song on there as a gem when it came out, but it's a good project, and she can do a lot. She can rap and she can sing. You know. Well, she can make R&B songs. I don't know if she can sing, but she can make R&B songs. So, she's versatile. I'm I'm excited for her future because with more um, popularity comes more backing, comes more collaboration opportunities like Drake, like, yeah. you know, the other rappers and stuff. All right, uh, I'm going to play a gem off of Day's album. This is uh, the intro, the moment.
Say my name three times and don't forget it. Hit it from the back six nine, switching positions. You already know my type. We don't like to waste no time. We ain't gotta finish up. Giving, giving with no conversation. Don't tease me, tease me. You know I'm impatient. We got demons, demons. We both trying to shake on. This moment is all for the taking. This shit won't last forever. Looks like it's now or never. Don't think too much about it. It might be wrong, but feels good for the moment. Oh, feels good for the moment. Oh, talk about the movie the big release yes, the big release to end the year yes wonder woman 1984 and you saw it right yes <clears throat> okay I, 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 I gotta say spoiler alert off rip oh yeah okay uh if you haven't seen it definitely come you know you can close the close us for now come back to when you've seen it yeah yeah because we're, uh, we're done major about spoilers just letting you know yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Okay, okay. So you you told me you had a positive reaction to it. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Or were you joking? Cuz you made it seem like you you know, you enjoyed the movie. It was a high recommendation. I won't say high recommendation, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Okay, tell me why. Tell me the positives. <laughs> I feel like you're going to kill it already like you alluding to <laughs> just i just want to hear why it. you like it because there are positives i'm I, I got some too okay um i i really liked i liked the uh how do i put it um i won't say i liked the love story of it but i i definitely enjoyed the romantic parts of the movie um i i liked the element of her um, losing her powers and the the loss. I liked Kristen Wiig's character at least for the first half of the movie. Definitely for the definitely for the first half of the movie. Um, and I liked I liked how Diana acted in the very beginning. I liked how she acted the whole movie. I'll say actually, I, I liked um, the intro with the kid and how. Um, you know the the cheating. I, I I liked the overall like 
theme morally of the movie, I enjoyed that. And I, I liked, um, what is his name? Uh, Pascal, is that his name? Yeah, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, first half. I liked his character. Mandalorian. Shout out to Mandalorian. Yeah, I, I, I like how I like how his character acted throughout the movie pretty much. Yeah. I thought it was a good movie. I, I liked the action scenes. I wish there was more action scenes, but I liked them. The ones they had. <coughs> Go ahead, kill uh, it. Murder uh, it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I don't think I don't think this movie's like awful. I, I do I do agree on a lot of the positives. I think the the romantic side of it was good at times because of uh, Gal Gadot and Chris Pine's chemistry. Yeah, it's great. I thought that kind of carried over from the first movie nicely. Yeah, uh, they were their whole like the whole thing with them kind of him being out of time mm-hmm. and him being shocked by everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they handled that well. It was cute. It was funny. Very romantic. And really nice role reversal too. Like because yes, exactly. It was the complete exactly. opposite before, and yeah. exactly. I thought the the opening scene was great. Her little her competition that she ran through. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Uh-huh. And and I do think. I do think the loss of her powers was an interesting concept. But they didn't really do anything with it. Okay. And the reason I have to kill this movie is because, you know, I watched it. I watched it about two, three hours ago. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe four or five hours ago. Okay. Uh, And I've thought about it. Normally, you know, with Tenet, I needed like a day, a week to really think about my my issues with it. Yeah. About an hour after I watched this movie, I thought it was trash. It was glaring? It was... I th- I think when you really break down what happened, I, I think it is. I, I think it's glare. The problems are glaring. Okay, go ahead. Break it down. Okay, so like you like I said, the the interesting concept with her losing her powers. I'm I don't wanna I don't wanna say we've seen it, but Superman two we've seen it. Spider Man two we've seen it. Okay. Okay, I'll let you slide. It's cool. Um. Okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to like go broad and then narrow it down. Alright. Okay, so the overall concept of the movie. Um You know, I, I let, let me just say I wanted to see more Themyscira. I wanted to see more of kind of why all this time passed by from the World War II to like the justice current time. Say it again? I wanted to see more of like why all this time went by after World War Two, to like when Justice League happened. What do you mean why all the all this time went by? I mean like I wanted to see more of kind of what her life was like the entire time. Oh okay. From from the first movie to like twenty twenty one. To like main time. Okay. And I didn't want I didn't want that to be the overall point. I just I didn't think they would stick on one like the the nineteen eighty four. I didn't think that would be the only thing they stuck with. Okay. Okay. Like what's going on with the main plot? Okay, I got you. Yeah. And the main plot of this movie, I feel like I'm a hater, but a wishing stone. 
You're a stone that grants wishes. She is like that's not a that's not a wide open shot to you. She's a lasso that makes you tell the truth. That's different though. That's like from her world. You, it's not that it's not that it's like fake or anything. It's that everything could just happen now. And I, I, and I, I get what the, you're saying. Whole, yeah, yeah, I got you. It was just I thought the first it, my my real problem with this movie is the first thirty minutes is awful. It took a it took a really big step into magic. You're saying, right? Yeah, and it was just kind of random, unexplained magic. Okay. Yeah. Which, because you made it a wishing stone, you really didn't have to, like, deep dive it in any way. Yeah, but I, you don't think she explained that by saying the God of Mischief made it to whatever? No, yeah, yeah. I'm, again, it's not that it was, it's not that, like, you couldn't do it like this. I just thought they didn't really expand on anything that they tried to, like, go into, really. Okay. I oh, Let me add to that, then. Because I really didn't like that they didn't actually like give us like when she went to find out what the truth and like the history of it the history yeah. didn't say anything that they didn't already know like the, right going in they knew what it was called uh and he just handed them a scroll and said, this is what i got and you know she read the scroll and the history behind it had nothing to do with how they like combated it after that other than the fact that she knew that it made her lose her powers. Yeah, but they would have figured that was, out anyway. This movie overall was insanely predictable. I agree with that. Like the Kristen Wiig setup is is basically stolen from Electro by Jamie Fox, who also didn't do it very well. well all villains, though, they're all like that. Uh, th- but this was so like this was just she basically wishes for it and nothing none of her appearance changed it was basically like the catwoman thing i i caught the who also didn't do it well by the way <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean i'm not i'm not taking that back but <laughs> they even they even focused on her heels just like catwoman yeah did they not yeah uh and i thought like i thought her story ended well her arc ended very well but the start was so bland you knew she was awkward. She was going to want to, you know, be be like Diana. Like, I literally thought that's what she would wish for, and that's exactly what she did. Yeah. Uh, and the opening 30 minutes, everybody's acting feels trash to me. Everybody is in who? Like, just everybody. I thought the opening mall of her stopping the robbery, oh, that yeah. looked like a joke to me. I think it was... Well, okay, okay, go ahead. I, d- that, I think it was supposed like to a be joke to me. cheesy. It was supposed to be 80s. But the rest of the movie never has that again. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. I, I Like, I don't mind if you nod the 80s constantly or if, like, that's a recurring theme. Yeah. But you really, after the, the corniness of the opening fight scene, it's it's completely serious after that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, outside of the the Chris Pine humor, which again I thought was great, I I didn't mind the opening scene because it, it did seem like it was trying to pay homage to the, you know the like the show or whatever. Yes. And I haven't yeah, seen I, the show. I, I could see that. Yeah, but I could see clearly that they were trying to make it feel more popcorny. Um, you know, she did it in front of the kids. You know, she told the girl to be quiet and. 
hold on and pushed her into the teddy bear. It was like a that part felt so family friendly. And then after yeah. that, like, all right, we're about to start killing people now. Yeah, like, <laughs> it felt like it was like, here, we gave you a little bit of this. Now we'll start the movie. I get I get why you point it out, but I, I wouldn't hate on it. But I got you. I'm not mad okay, at it. Okay, that's fair. And this movie just progresses. Again, the, the start of it, everybody's acting. Everybody feels like they're overacting except Diana. Mm-hmm. And, like, Kristen Wiig is, like, over-exaggerating how how socially awkward she is. Uh-huh. Uh, Pedro Pascal, I thought, was just overacting the whole time. I mean, he was supposed to be a con man. Supposed to be, uh, you know, like a used car salesman kind of guy. It just didn't feel... It didn't feel real, real to me. Okay. It felt hollow. It felt kind of... But you don't just, think it was supposed to? I thought that was the... Like... Not not when you're not when the overall ending of your movie is supposed to be like you know really emotional, really uplifting. Oh, I got you. Uh, like a deep dive into kind of people's greed. It, for him, and this adds to your point, but it also, uh, like I thought he was supposed to be very phony. You know, very. Uh, he wasn't supposed to be genuine at all. I thought he did good at that at first. And then, you know, the more he never changed and obviously he kept being greedy. He never really finished whatever he was trying to do. So at the end, it didn't feel as powerful for them to stop him because like yes. I I kind of lost track of what they were stopping him. Like, you know, what was he trying to do at some point, you know? Yeah, because I, I just the power. Didn't, I didn't like his 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 character arc at all. His power, he got his power, and then like didn't cash in on it at all, other than just fly across the country and stuff. Like he wasn't doing anything other than still granting wishes. Yeah, I thought I thought up until I I liked when when he kind of he kind of I thought he was so basic that he was just gonna wish for more oil or like to be successful. Mm-hmm. And he, this is the first time, and this is where I started to like the movie, is it surprised me that he decided to be the the, the rock, basically. I agree. Uh, I thought that was the first decision in the movie where I'm like, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, and, and from there, like, the, the whole greed kind of plot of it, the whole you can't take shortcuts like we were shown in the beginning. Yeah. It made a lot more sense after that, moving forward. I agree. But this movie still has so many of, like, random, stupid decisions. Okay, why, for all these wishes being granted, when she wishes for Steve Trevor to come back, why does he have to take another person's body? I didn't get that either. That made no sense. It was it was incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> I thought it was like it made me cringe. It added nothing. That's what I'm saying. Like, why yeah. not? If all these people, like, you wish for somebody to die, they die. <laughs> you wish for like your country to be isolated. There's walls just popping out of thin air. Yeah. <laughs> but you wish for your lover back, and he has to take a guy's body. Basically, take his life. 
And it, <laughs> yeah, it made it was so weird. Because at first, you know, I, like that was my first thought of like what the catch would be. Because like before they started yeah. talking about you're gonna have a loss, I was like, oh okay, so like every wish has a catch because like yeah, you can have your boyfriend back, but he don't he doesn't look like your boyfriend. You gotta actually love him because. You don't even yeah, look yeah, like yeah. the guy you love. I'm like, all right. So that's what I thought too for a second. I get it. So there's kind of a catch. So like, because, and you know, because I knew Jaguar was coming, um, I was like, okay, so she's gonna wish she was strong, and the catch is she looks like an animal. Like that's what I like. I was trying to predict that. Yes. But obviously, <laughs> they just threw the catch out, and it ended up being a loss. And I really don't know. They didn't really highlight what she lost enough to me other than just being a jerk. But like it, it, it made me mad because they, again, Superman two, Spider-Man two did this where the character sacrifices their powers for, you know, their own happiness in some way. In this movie, she, I understand the concept of you lose your powers. If you get your loved one back, like that's, that makes sense. Yeah, it does to me too. But she's like, the way she's losing her powers is like at a snail's pace. Yeah. Cause she's still like way more powerful than everybody, but bullets can, if, if you hit her enough times, like it'll eventually hurt her. I, I don't remember her being necessarily bulletproof anyway. I just thought she blocked bullets all the time. It was just weird. I thought, uh, you know, her, you, like you said, her, her whip is for people to tell truth doesn't use it for that reason once you know why she's using it as just like a regular whip the whole time as a any weapon whatever weapon it needed to be it was no but for this one remember she used it to show people the truth remember because she and another another thing for me like it just i thought the ending was overwhelmingly positive Uh uh-huh for for like emotional depth that the movie never earned. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, and again, the only real emotional depth that I got was from Diana and Steve Trevor. Yeah, me too. Everybody else felt hollow to me. Like it was, it was very predictable. It was expected. It was just frustratingly simple. I'd, I'll say. And, I'll give one criticism of mine because I agree exactly with what you said. One criticism I had was when she, you know, she got upset. She was crying. When she did get her powers back, she like decided to just goof off for like a couple hours. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I thought once she was, got her bro. powers back, she was going straight to defeat, um, you know, the guy. It took her a minute to get there. <laughs> it was like twenty five minutes in the movie. Like, all right. Yeah, he flying. gives like the whole. Sp- he gives the whole speech of like, "Yo, I'll grant you whatever. Just you know, wish whatever you want." Yeah. And the world completely collapses by the time she's gotten gotten there. Yeah, and like something had to. I forgot what triggered her f- to come out of the sky, but like she was just hanging out up there. Oh, she started hearing it. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, she yeah. Just, you know, and then also the suit, she really didn't use it. Like I thought using the suit to fly was going to be like the point of Steve Trevor's 
uh, soliloquy telling her how to about flying. Yeah. So I thought like she would look at the suit like, yo, Steve might be right. I'm about to fly with this. And she didn't really use it to fly at all. Like just for one half a scene and then it, she just broke it basically. Let it break. Yeah. So um, I thought the suit was definitely a missed opportunity for them to do something with it, especially since they hyped it up and, you know, made it look all fire only for her to like really not, she really didn't need it. Like for what she used it for, just to let Jaguar tear it apart. She could have actually used it or fought with it. And she really didn't. So yeah, man, it just, the fight, that final kind of fight felt quick. It did. Yeah. Very abrupt. Uh, I did like the fight of on the like the desert street with the caravan that she was attacking with the guy. Yeah, that was great. Uh, but again, that was to me that was the only good action scene. It was, and it, it frustrated me that she didn't look that good flying around a lot of the time. What do you mean? Uh, I thought in the first the first movie when she was doing Wonder Woman stuff. Mm-hmm. It looked a lot more real, a lot, like, better. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And in this movie, like, you know, okay, the first scene is kind of a nod to the older show, so it lo- doesn't look as great. That's fine. But in the final fight, I thought Jaguar looked better doing all those movements than she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, to me, was like, like, are you kidding me right now? Why is, why is Wonder Woman not the best looking in the action sequences? That I I agree with that. And I noticed that, and I I actually hated that part too because yeah, just the CGI. Like we're in we're in twenty twenty one now. We uh, there's so much great CGI out there with with Planet of the Apes. With I mean, I just watched Mandalorian. That looked flawless. But you know, I was gonna give them, I was gonna give them a pass because when she lost her powers. You know, and she was still beating guys up and stuff nicely. I was like, yeah, well, you know, she also had training. So, like, it's not like she lost her powers and she just can't fight anymore. Like, she's right. can actually fight and defend herself with or without the powers. The powers just made her, like, a beast. So, even when she got to Jaguar and her powers are seemingly back, um, I kind of was like, uh, you know, maybe she didn't have her powers all the way. So she really has to like beat her with skill because she's not maybe not as strong as her, and she really didn't. She just really didn't engage her at all because she didn't. She didn't want to fight hurt her. at the in the museum or whatever wherever they were in. In the oh, in the White House what part. Was it muse- yeah, yeah, the White House. Yeah, 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 that part was nice. I liked that. Yeah. I, I mean, I liked their fight, and I liked that. The only reason that Kristen Wiig outed her was because she was stronger. I liked that that part of it, but at the end, the fact that she just decided not to engage her at all, like, I thought that was kind of weak. I mean, she didn't have to kill her, but just letting her, like, tie her out or whatever she was doing, it was just whack. I saw Lomachenko try yeah. that earlier this year. It was whack. <laughs> <laughs> didn't work. I just, the ending was just so positive, and... and... <laughs> I thought it was weird. He comes out, okay, he basically just tried to annihilate the planet with his wishing nonsense. Yeah. He finally rescinds it for his son. Okay, you didn't really sell that at all in the movie, but 
Let's let's fall back on that. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he just leaves. He walks out, and his son is like behind the bushes, basically. <laughs> I'm like, yo, his son was just in the middle of the freeway or whatever. Yeah. Like this is it. it ended in so it's so it tried to wrap up so perfectly, but it's like, okay, you you rescind all these wishes, but from how you did it, people clearly didn't forget them. Right. Because they're saying at the end, like, oh, okay, the, the nukes are disappearing, like, people, everybody's stuff was not happening, but the people were still freaked out by the situation. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, I was hoping they did something with that by, like, him, like, if he rescinded his wish, that everybody else would, like, forget that they even made their wish, because... Like, it would really exactly. take it back. I thought that's what exactly. would happen. But obviously, she didn't forget, um, you know, Steve. So, that kind of yeah, threw it, it away. But I, I, don't know. I guess she could have. They didn't me. really say. Because she just started dating the... I mean, she started hitting on the guy that he was. <laughs> yeah, that was... They're, like, that reminded me. Because I had forgot. Because, you know, Steve Trevor for half the movie, I'm like, I got used to it. It being Chris Pine. And then they have, like, their little Christmas cute scene at the end. I'm like, wait a minute. That guy was, like, possessed the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, does he not have a life of his own? What is that? What do you mean? He, I mean... He was living his <laughs> they life. Just, they just took him. <laughs> he came back. It was him now. <laughs> yeah, but I'll... Okay, whatever. I'm not going that deep. Oh, I, you mean like, I, where was he this time? Like, his soul? Yeah, like, does he not have a family or anybody that notices that he just went off to do God knows what? I guess not. <laughs> it was just weird. I, I still... That was by far the weirdest thing to me. Like, why not just bring him back if... The stone grants the wish. Yeah. When when I told you that what people are saying about it is legit, I meant that, like, it definitely was... It definitely felt like more than just a superhero movie as far as... Like, it wasn't just action and fighting. Because I think the story, the romance, and, like, the actual lessons in there were probably... Much better than the fact that it was a superhero movie, but I I agree, man. I, I again, I thought the like the overall arc of the greed and kind of how you can't have everything was wrapped up really well. Yeah, that and that was my biggest my biggest takeaway positively, but you know, I, I it fell short with the action for sure, the action and the actual plot, you know, superhero plot of it. It, you know, it was a better regular movie than it was a superhero movie to me. Yeah, it didn't feel like a good superhero movie. That's probably what my biggest thing with it was. Yeah, that's and that's fair. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I I just saw, I, I just had different expectations for it. You know, I, I didn't think she would just like your your villain is a rock that her coworker stumbles on. Yeah. Like, she gets it from the FBI, and she just, because she's getting felt up by a guy, you know, <laughs> and she hasn't felt that in a while, she just gives it to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, they really, you know that, so weird. You know that's realistic, though. 
Okay, okay. A little bit. What about their what about their little dinner? Was that not cringy awkward to you? Dinner, the dinner. Uh the the opening like when they when her, she meets Diana. Oh yeah, yeah. And they decide to have and it's like setting up their friendship. Yeah. And there was no, none of that because at the end like Diana's not using the armor because it's her friend. But that that emotional attachment is not there. Yeah, like they're not that close. That's what I'm saying. They did not make you buy this, like, cooperation that, that was going on between them the whole movie. Yeah, because they also just met in the beginning, right? Like, you would... Yes. I think it would have been better if she had been working there for years or something. Dude, I thought... Dude, I thought Diana popped out and, like, it, it made it clear that they were working together. I thought they were dead-ass going to copy what, what they did with Electro. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, it's close. Which, to an extent, they did. Yeah, I was going to say, it's really close. I think it would have been, like I said, it would have been better if they had been colleagues for five years and it was just like a normal thing for them to talk. And maybe she had noticed Diana for a long time. Like, oh, yeah, you know, that's Diana. Yes, yes. And, you know, she's cool. I wish I was like her. And that, maybe that would have been the wish or something like that. Not anything like... Man, yeah. I met this girl. She's amazing, and I just want to be just like her. That even though I met her yesterday, so. And like you mentioned, like you mentioned, Diana felt like she was just chilling through the whole movie for all. Yeah, she did. There was never a sense of urgency with anything she did. No, it wasn't. Like even in the action scene, with the, I don't know if it was just because the the way they went slow mo, but like you never felt her like really rushing to do something. No. Well, cause, like, even her flying to save the kids, or the kid, which happened a couple times, which like, she's just chilling as she's flying through the air. Which one are you talking about, though? In the beginning? Even on the highway, even on the, like, the oh, yeah, yeah, desert, yeah. desert highway. Yeah, 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 yeah. She just, like, flies from the, from the truck, just does some lit shit to the truck, and just flies off, and she's just, like, completely chill. Yeah. Like, yo, even when Superman is trying to, like, do something last second, he's, like... He's, like, trying to make it look like he's pushing himself further. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. Just, a lot of this movie felt hollow. I thought that there was that point where they, like, finally realized that the wishes cost something. Yeah. I was like, are, like, everybody in the theater would know that, like, that's the case. Yeah. As soon as that happened, I'm like, anybody watching this movie should know that the wish is going to have a price. That's going to be the overall issue. Yeah. Just predictable. Yeah. Yep. And that's fair. That's definitely fair to say. And I agree, but you know, I, I enjoyed it. I really like her as a character. I wish that like, I I don't like when they announce that movies are going to be the last movies of stuff. Yeah. Like they announced that there's only one more, like, it's just going to be a trilogy of Wonder Woman movies. Like, I, I hate yeah. that because it makes me, it almost makes me not want to watch it because I know it's going to be a lot of, like, wrapping up. It's going to be a lot of, um, it's just going to be a really hard ending. They're going to stress the ending of an era. Yeah, I mean, it's all going to depend on what they do with the overall universe. Yeah. I, I don't even know if they're getting back to that. Right. They, they seem to finally be like, all right, we're going to do a bunch of solo movies like you guys wanted. Right. Yep. But we'll see, man. I, 
I do agree. I think I think Gal Gadot is getting better and better as Wonder Woman. Yeah, I do too. Uh, and I and I hope we see more of her. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I hope there is another Justice League. I do. Um, even though if it's set up right. <laughs> yeah, they're losing Henry Cavill, right? Yeah, supposedly maybe he he was willing to come back. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I I would like for them to keep the cast. Um, my my faith uh, rests on the Batman movie. Okay, but did you did you hear the new news? The that they're gonna have two different Batman series going at the same time. They're. This this content stuff is getting out of hand. <laughs> you didn't hear that? I didn't. No. Yeah. So apparently, um, you know, uh, Pattinson's Batman, as as long as uh, as well as, um, I guess they haven't said who the other Batman is going to be, but there's going to be two different franchises of Batman carrying on simultaneously, but it's not going to be the same Batman. So uh, <laughs> let's maybe they should focus on getting one right before jumping to a second one. Right. So I I don't know. Maybe it's Ben Affleck. Maybe he's still gonna be it. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's funny. I I'm not surprised at this because, uh, <laughs> I I learned after watching season two of Mandalorian, which was just perfect in every way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned that there's like they got like ten different Star Wars shows planned out. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ, they put out one good show and now they're stuffing our face with Star Wars content. Star Wars is easy to do that, though, because, you know, they could be on different planets and different time periods and they never have to actually. It is. It is. But that's what that's what DC is starting to realize that uh, our individual characters are interesting enough to make good movies with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they're getting away from the, like, we're going to build up to one incredible thing because they clearly don't have that Marvel structure or long timeline. Yeah. So, you know, they've let down the fans so many times they can't even afford to take the risk anymore. Right. And the thing is, they could they could be saying, okay, keep Ben Affleck. He's the older Batman. You know, he's kind of, he's in his late 40s and they're in the Justice League now and he's kind of this big brother to everybody or more like stepdad to everybody because they don't like him or anything but he's the leader and then the other one is Pattinson he's kind of the young late 20s he just became Batman it's just there's so much they could do with like Batman and Wonder Woman it doesn't have to be a all of them yeah I agree I mean just just look at what I, I just look at what Tony Stark, what they did with Tony Stark and and Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't, you have to develop relation connections like that, not rush it like they did with Batman v Superman. Yeah. And hopefully they learn. Yeah. Hopefully. They probably won't though. Yeah, I'm not too excited. And do you think, um, like, I'm still waiting on this. Uh, Flash movie that it's been that's no yeah it's taken forever yeah uh 
I'm cool if they don't release Aquaman 2, but I'll take it. I don't... I'll take it as well. Yeah, but if they don't do it, I, w- I won't be disappointed or anything. I'm cool if he just came back in Justice League and that's it. And he didn't even have to start. He don't even have to start. They could just... It could be one of those situations where they have to go get him for something. Because he's just in the ocean chilling. He's not coming out. Something like that. I'm cool with that too. Yeah. But... We'll see what happens, man. They got a lot of stuff they got to work out. Actors. I don't know who could be the next Superman if it's not Cavill. It's just a weird, it's a tough role to be. Yeah, man, it's tough. I can't even get excited about movies because I don't know when the whole, like, stuff is coming back. HBO Max. <laughs> going to HBO Max. Yeah, I mean, the- you're right. You're right for for a year. I wonder if that's gonna be the the thing moving forward. I hope not. I'm hoping. I'm hoping if in the spring we're not back to normal, like they just start dumping the all the movies that have been sitting. Yeah. I mean, you got Quiet Place Two, James Bond. You got all this all this stuff that people want to see. I feel I like I forgot about James Bond. King Kings Kingsman, like the prequel or whatever. That's coming out too. Yeah. Wow. I mean, the trailer's been out since, like, you know, early, like, back when we thought movie theaters were going to open up. I didn't even see the trailer. I'm slacking. I I have been watching a lot of trailers that, you know, they got they got some stuff coming for sure. Some good-looking stuff. Yeah. You, you see the trailer for that um, Rami Malek and Denzel Washington movie and Jared Leto? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks fire. Yeah. Where's that Jared Leto Superhero movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that called? Oh, he's the bat thing. The he gets eaten by the bats or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot the name, but uh, that was a that was also a trailer that was pretty big early in the year. Yeah, that trailer, Mo- Morbius. That's right, Morbius. Morbius. That trailer came out a long time ago. Yeah, bro. James Bond's been out for like over a year. The No Time to Die. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, it says Morbius is still in post production, so. Well, we'll see, we'll see. I'm excited. Hopefully, uh, we get another really good movie soon. Hopefully, we get enough movies to put a, a list together next year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I didn't like there was there was I mean there's a lot of gems from like Netflix. Uh, Extraction was a great one. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of like hidden gems that that dropped on the streaming, you know, networks. But it's just it's not. I miss the the big. E- even though I didn't enjoy Wonder Woman, uh, 1984. I just it was a good reminder of like the big blockbusters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got you. Well, that's all I got. You got anything else? No, man. I look forward to another year. Yeah. Yep. One more year. Uh, I mean, take it as a live every day like it's your last. Seize the day. Seize the years, too. You know, we don't know what could happen this year. We didn't know what would happen last year. You see where we are. Um, It's a lot, man. Rest in peace to everyone we lost this year. To people who lost family members, um, you know, celebrities we talked about on here, 
I'm not going to mention all of them because I won't remember all of them, but, you know, we lost a lot of celebrities that we loved. Uh, you know, celebrities lost families they loved. Um, it's been a rough year, but, you know, every year can be better, you know. So, um, hope everyone has a good 2021. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being with us through 2020. With everything else going on, you were listening to us sometimes. That's great. We feel we're honored for that. Um, you got anything else? Yeah, hopefully we took your mind off of some of the, the rougher parts of the year. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back. Yep. Uh, I got some uh, Dr. Dre and Eminem. And we'll see you guys next time. In a Benzo, I was banging with a gang of instrumentals. Got the pins and pencils, got down to business. But sometimes the business end of this shit can turn your friends against you. But you was a real nigga, I could sense it in you. I still remember the window of the car that you went through. That's fucked up, but I'll never forget the shit we've been through. And I'ma do whatever it takes to convince you. Cause you my nigga, Doc, and easy, I'm still with you. Fuck the beef, nigga, I miss you. And that's just being real with you. You see, the truth is, everybody wanna know how close me and Snoop is. And who I'm still cool with. Then I got these fake ass niggas I first flew with Claiming they non-violent Talking like this Spit venom in interviews Speaking on reunions Move units Then talk shit We can do this Until then I ain't even speaking your name Just keep my name out of your mouth And we can keep it the same Nigga It ain't that I'm too big To listen to the rumors It's just That I'm too damn big To pay attention to them That's the difference What's the difference between me and you? You talk a good one But you don't do what you're supposed to do I act on what I feel and never deal with emotions I'm used to living big dog style with straight coaches What's the difference between me and you? You talk a good one but you don't know what you're supposed to do I act on what I feel and never deal with emotions I'm used to living big dog style with straight coaches Yo, I stay with it while you try to perpetrate and play with it Never knew about the next level until Dre did it I stay committed while you motherfuckers babysit it I smash the critics like an overhand right from ridicule Catching bitches while bitches be catching feelings So what the fuck am I supposed to do? I pop bottles and hot hollow points at each and all of you Come on, a heartless bastard, high in plastic My style is like the reaction from too much acid Never come down, pass it around, you can't handle it Hang Hollywood niggas by they soul train laminates What's the difference between me and you? What? I bought five bank accounts, three ounces and two vehicles Until my death, I'm Bangladesh I suggest you hold your breath till ain't nothing left Yo, that's the difference What's the difference between me? From day one, nigga, let's blow this bitch. I mean it, dog. You ever need somebody off? Whose throat is it? Well, if you ever kill that Kim bitch, I'll show you where the ocean is. Well, that's cool. 
And I appreciate the offer But if I do decide to really murder my daughter's mama I'ma sit her up in the front seat and put sunglasses on her And cruise around with her for seven hours through California And have her waving at people hey. Then drive her off on the corner at the police station And drive off honking the horn for her But you don't